Welcome to the fifth episode of the Then and Now Blading podcast featuring Montre Livingston. Montre is a longtime professional inline skater and is the team manager for Icon Skate Brand, an exciting new skating brand. In this interview, we dig into Icon, we talk about the team, the products, how it happened, how he became involved. We talk about how he's a professional roller skater for Chaya, how that happened. We talk about his cycling, his art, we talk about blading camp. So we discuss a lot in this show. It's going to be very interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure to follow this channel on all the podcast streaming services, and you can visit the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Welch, which has this episode in video form, lots of other content, and all the interviews on the YouTube channel also include supporting photos and footage to go along with what we discuss. The website is thenandnowblading.com, and it has links to everything as well, YouTube, podcasts, Patreon, social media. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Montre Livingston. Hello, everybody. I'm Jan Welch. You're watching the Then and Now Blading podcast with Montre Livingston. Montre oh. and I have known each other for quite a while, since the early 2000s, back when he used to come out to San Diego with Kenny Owens. You were writing for Remedies back then, right? Yeah, when I first started. Yeah, that's why. Is that why you used to come out to San Diego? Um, For, for Remedies a bit, but more for... For the 4x4, four 4x4 four, four videos. When I first met you, you and Kenny came out. You guys were doing those Say Word videos. Shit, yeah. That's a while back. Yeah, a long time ago. And I think you guys just did like Say Word 2 or something. We made Say Word 2, but we were filming 3. Kenny Owens definitely helped you in your early days getting your skating out there to the masses. Absolutely. Because that's how I remember seeing you first. And I remember being like, we got to get this guy on Rattel 4x4 or something. Yeah. And then you ended up on Nim as one of the first pros. I think you were before Joey, right? It was yep. just you and Shima, and that's it. And then we went to Arizona, and we skated with Chad Hornish. Yeah. And Casey McFarland. Yeah. Probably the first time you met Chad Hornish, right? Yeah, when he had the, they all had the haircuts, him and the Briley brothers. But that was for that revolution uh, Thursday night skate that we went there for. And I remember we got some really good footage on that trip. Yeah. That was a good one. It was like you, me, Shima, and Elliot. And then we met mm -hmm. up with Latimer, did some skating yeah. with him. And then back to San Diego. And then, yeah, and then that other tour up to Northern California. NorCal, for sure. Yeah, the Briarleys, like oh, you yeah. said, Chad, Joey. Were they like 15, 16 during that time? Yeah, and uh, when yeah, we okay. made Casey McFarland be like the den parent for them at the hotel, I remember we went to Pisco <laughs> Beach and we hung out with Juan Mosquito and we left all the little kids at the hotel. I'm not sure. Did we, did we leave you at the hotel, too? No, I just stayed. You just stayed, okay. Yeah. So yeah, those were those were fun days. So when did you start skating? Sometime in the 2000s. I mean, I've been on rollerblades since I was like four years old. Okay. But aggressive skating sometime in the 2000s. So like um, early 2000s, because that's when we mm -hmm. already met. Mm -hmm. So we'll go ahead and start with Icon right now, because Icon's a new brand through this Royal Distribution. And you're kind of like the face of it, heading it, team manager. Yep. I knew after NIM, you skated for USD for a long time. And it was mm -hmm. really fun to follow your journey with USD because it seemed like it was a pretty good fit for you and the brand. Yeah. And you were able to travel a lot and probably do some things you weren't able to do when you were with, you know, us at Rattail just because there was a little bit more money floating around power side. <laughs> <laughs> How did you evolve to Icon? How was that presented to you? Uh, how did the whole thing start? Well, it's owned by the man, the myth, the legend, MK. He owns pretty much everything in rollerblading right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which is dope. Um, if y'all, all y'all out there don't know, MK is the owner of uh, Power Slide, um, everything under that umbrella. Um, and he's dope individual, um, likes to try to take what he's put in rollerblading and give back. Wanted to start a platform to help promote more rollerblading, to add a new brand in the sport and took me along with him on that. And of course I said yes, because why not? I mean, wow. I love USD, of course. USD was the best uh, team I've been on in a long time. Shout out all my homies and homets. But yeah, it was one of those opportunities that you kind of couldn't say no to, you know? And um, we had talked about it for, for a few months before I went with the OK. And um, yeah, it was one of those things where I just, there wasn't a no in that situation. It was like, this is either a straight up let's go for it, all fucking hell's bells. I like quit my job, 
you know, or it was just going to be like, no, and then I just stay on USD and just ride that wave and keep riding that wave. But I'm getting older, you know. No, for sure. How old are you now? 34. 34. Man, you're 30, the adult just, now. Yeah, just thinking on, on long-term stuff, you know, like if I can wave the cards right, I can end up, you know, taking this brand to the next level with me being the owner, you know. You that's know, something I, that's an option? Yeah, I was just thinking long-term and this just seemed like the right move to make. And on top of that, I get to make the team. And that was a big, big thing for me. Like, I know so many skaters around the world that have not gotten the recognition that they've needed for so many years. And why not bring them on to this same platform with me? Like, hey, here you go. You deserve to be pro a long time ago. Now you're pro. Let's fucking go. And let's do this together. And I think that my team is the sickest team of individuals from all around the world that's pro and am on top of that also urban don't just cater to aggressive we are urban as well and all our products cater to that entire form of everybody so yeah that was it was a no-brainer you know i had to say yes to this and the array of products that icon is going to be releasing is pretty insane you know for like a startup it's like has everything aggressive <laughs> urban all the different frames, all the wheels. Yep. It's pretty crazy. And so, you know, starting that during COVID with shipping and manufacturing delays has probably been pretty tough. How have you guys worked through starting a brand during these times? And what problems have you had? Well, it definitely was uh, one of those things where it was like, that was the first question I was asking. Like, yo, y'all sure? Should we do this? And it was like, yeah, let's just trust the process and go for it. And, you know, the main thing was we're not going to be able to send stuff places. We're not going to be able to send you to here, like me to there, you know, me going to Germany and whatnot, right. going to the actual Dish Royal distribution shop. Like, it was a whole lot. But at the same time, there was kind of not a worry. We kind of just were like, yeah, let's just do it. But not in a let's wing it, but let's go for it, but go slow with it. Do it in a slow way. Let's do, um, what is it, R&D, research and development. Let's do a lot of the R&D really early before we launch. You know, it was it was work, but at the same time, it kind of was chill because it felt, it was also dur during the time where stuff was starting to open up. It didn't have that whole, at least on me. I'm pretty sure MK was biting his fingernails, you know, going crazy. You know, uh -huh. his own world. But for for me, when I got on, it was more of a more of a chill chill time because it's right when stuff started to open back up. Well, I mean, it was kind of catch twenty two with COVID. You know, so many people started skating or coming back to skating because of COVID. But then you know you can't get anything made because of COVID, so you can't you know supply the demand, which is you know definitely crazy for you guys. Uh, I know like the first products you had to the riders was the wheels and the bearings and the frames. And it looks like they've gotten the skates now. We've got a couple samples out for, for the riders. Um, that's urban and aggressive just because we, well, not just because, but obviously they needed skates. This was a long time coming because of the whole shipping situation. They were, we were supposed to have them so long ago, but everything, all the manufacturers everywhere, they close down, they open, they close down, they open, you know, and then um, containers get stuck on the water and they can't, they can't um, dock and everything. And yeah, it just became one of those situations where even sending stuff through customs, it just was a long time for us to get things shipped out, but no, it all worked out in the end. And at this point, Actually, I'm still waiting for a package right now. Just found out that it just got to the States, but it's in customs. So hopefully they're not butchering it right now. Right. Yeah. I remember Chad said his package, the bearings fell out when this yeah. first package he got from you guys. I saw that, you know, Frankie just got all the God skates in, his and Tim's. What's the, do you guys have any estimated date when you guys are going to be starting shipping any product to stores? No. No, not yet. So uh, not, not for skates, not for skates. And what about wheels and frames and things like that? Um, I want to say that everything's just on the water. Yeah, we've uh, we've definitely been shipping out stuff already. Um, lots of shops have had everything, but for for reorders and everything, because we just got more frames in, 
we have them and I've, we've shipped them out and shops haven't got them yet. Yeah, they're just still on the water. So skates we're looking at probably next year sometime? Skates we're hoping, we're hoping by Christmas, realistically with how COVID's going, maybe next year. One question people are going to have after watching this interview with you. At the beginning of Disroyal and Icon, there was this thing saying Parasite was involved or Matias was involved. My main thing with it is that with our industry of skater haters, so many people hate on MK for absolutely whatever reason they have. And um, obviously, I think people were trying to say that it was a part of Power Slide. And so that was the whole thing with involvement with it. Uh -huh. and like, yes, MK has involvement with it, but it's not Power Slide. Right. You know? my, uh, my understanding is... This royal distribution is separate from Parasite, but Matthias is owner of Disroyal mm -hmm. and owner of Parasite, but Parasite is not an owner of Disroyal. Yeah. That's kind of how it is, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're involved. You're the brand manager for Icon and then Frankie with Gods. Yeah, I think Frankie completely owns Gods. Does Frankie completely own Gods at this point? Yeah. So that's what you want to that's what you want to do with Icon. Yeah, I mean, like Zotan is a I don't know if we've mentioned Zotan, but Zotan is the the boss that's not MK. MK is the person that owns this Royale and everything. Mm -hmm. But then, see, Icon is me and Zotan. Like, Zotan is the person that I go to. Like, hey, Zotan, we need to get this shit done. Which a lot of people will hopefully meet him at Blake Cup. And, but I think the board is just closed down, so he might not be able to make it. But, yeah, like, there's... See, I'm, I'm the face, but then I also have the, the actual man that I go to with all this shit. Which is Zoltan. Yeah, and Zoltan is like my age. He's a cool, he's also a, also a skater. I'm on the urban side. Super, super chill dude. Like, can't wait for us to get his face more out there and for people to know him because he's he's a skater. He skates too. Like, I like, I like this. Like, who I'm working with is who I would want to work with. Zoltan is cool as shit and I like that shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Destroyal, I like Destroyal, well, especially since it's a throwback to, you know, distribution that used to exist in, like, the right. 90s. Right. Distributed all the American brands in Europe at that point. So bringing that back is very nostalgic. And then with Mesmer is going to be distributed through Destroyal now, too. Yeah. Which is a, you know, brand from Billy O'Neill and old teammate of yours with... Bolino, with, uh, too? With Bolino. So it's like, yeah. you guys are almost, you know, back in the same umbrella... Somebody's got to throw Joey Chase in somewhere, and then yeah, the family no, will be complete. Wherever we can put him, wherever the fuck we can put him, if he would go, that we want him here, obviously. But yeah, no, I love having the family together. You know, what I mean, it's sick. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, there's. That's why there's no saying no. Like I already knew about Mesmer in the beginning because I was doing the icon thing. You know, like right. so. Like I've already known what was about to happen and it's just so sick watching it unfold finally you know like oh, yeah this well, is a to me is really cool because you know all those guys were kind of you know involved with Rattel except Le Levi and the art and the direction reminds me of like kind of a mix between Nim and Vicious you know a little bit I can you see that and you know and then they have a throne we did the Rattel throne so and then it, it's kind of like a Nim soul plate looking soul plate yeah. uh, so it's very like almost a continuation of uh, Rattel, a little bit to me personally, the way I see it, you know, with the writers and the graphics. I'm pretty stoked on that brand. Shout out my homies at Mesmer. Shout out Frankie at Gods. Shout out everybody under this royale, you know what I'm saying? Because we the best. <laughs> Insert it. <laughs> when it comes to the team on Icon, obviously we've talked about Chad Hornish, who you met years ago. And in his Jump Street interview, which I don't know if you saw, but he talked about Rossi's told him he would never be pro. I was informed by the team manager that I would never be pro for Rossi's. And yeah. then you made him pro on Icon. Did you it, see that interview or was it just coincidental? Yeah, it was coincidental. I, I didn't see that interview until after I had talked to him about being on the team. And then um, someone, I, well, I've still never seen the full interview. Um, but yeah, someone sent that to me. Um, I think just another, probably probably Erod sent it to me like, yo, this shit's crazy, you know, Rosie's won't, you know, whatever. And then I talked to Chad 
Um, but yeah, this was way, this was after the fact that I had already talked about him being on Icon. Well, that was meant to be then. Perfect. Yeah. Everything aligned the way it should have. You've known Be Free for quite a while as well, I take it. A long time. Would you and Be Free, especially, I always felt like you, even in the NIM days, you take you to a skate park, you were so nice to all the kids, you became their best friend. Seeing you keep doing that throughout the years is really rad. And I think that's a really good asset for you with Icon because you love skating, you love the kids, the people yeah. in it. So I think it's an awesome opportunity for you that it's well-deserved. That's why um, I was put Be Free on because Be Free is that same exact energy. Yeah. I still, I look, it's funny because me and Be Free call each other twins, you know? So it's like sick. Like we've known each other for so long and we're inspirations to each other with what we do. And I love everything that the fool is doing. And he was the very first person I talked to about iPad. Perfect. Because we've always had this thing, like, we've talked about this randomly a couple times. It's like, man, we ever had that chance, you know what I mean? To make, like, a like a company ourselves. Like, I would do that shit with you type shit. And I hit him up, like, first thing, like, after talking to MK, like, I'm saying, okay. He's like, all right, make the team. I'm like, I already know the first person I'm hitting up. And the next phone call I made was just be for you. I'm like, yo, bro, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Are you down? And he was genuine, honest as fuck. Asked me all the real questions that needed to be asked. And, you know, because we we're growing up, we got kids and shit, mouse feed, houses, mortgages to pay. Um, he asked me all the real questions. I was like, no matter what, I got you. Doesn't matter. And he's like, perfect. Let's go. Let's do this. First person on the team, second person chat. Like, Boom. No, no, no questions asked. I needed those two. Need those two for sure. I knew for a fact that those two were the first two I wanted to put on the team, no matter what. And so glad they both said yes. Everybody else is also exact like my first, my first person asked. I think Sasha was a Sasha was my second person from his same area. But he was like, it was like that, like, oh, who am I gonna ask first? You know, like, I hope this one says yes, but I also would want him to say yes type shit. And this one said no. So I was like, okay, cool, Sasha. And Sasha said yes. So I was like, fuck yeah, bro. Like, so you had some, team. you had somebody who turned you down. I mean, I had a lot of folks, well, not a lot of folks turn me down, but a lot of the people that I asked, some of them were already, they had just got put on a different company. Okay. You know? Like, and I was telling them like, absolutely, like, that's yeah no no you stay there i support that brand also so yeah you do that i'm glad to hear this because i've been watching you skate for so long mm -hmm. my favorite skaters and to hear that you got put on a brand that's a very good brand that everyone should support yeah you stay over there but there was others that got on that brand that same brand or a different brand and he said no it's okay i want to skate for you uh, my heart went, whoa, I can't believe it. You know, like, that's amazing. So my entire team is absolutely everybody that I want on the team. And they got my full heart. That's my family. I take care of them. I'm going to take care of them no matter what. So who's on the team besides? It's Chad, Be Free, Sasha. And who's the rest of the team? So we got Chad, Be Free, Sasha. Sasha's from Spain. Be Free's from Texas. Lives in Cali. Chad's from Arizona. We got Catherine from Chile, Mina, Mina is Mina Lee from Korea. That's all the pro team. Okay. And the AM team is Marcus from Latvia, Felix Fowling. Everybody knows Felix. He's from Denmark. Killer Shredder. Um, Lorik, Lorik Picard's from Switzerland. He's also a Shredder. He's um, actually all three of them camp kids. Um, Nicole from Brazil. Um, that girl is insane. She's like, it's it's crazy. There's also Lorena. I think she's also from Brazil. Yeah, she's also from Brazil. And she's, I think she's our youngest skater on the AM team. And how old is she? You got me there. I'm not sure. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna say, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna. I don't want to say the wrong age. And then uh, no problem. Be older and just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I 
it sounds like you have one of the more diverse teams. I'm not even done that. I'm not even done. We have the homie Oliver from Sweden. And the entire AM team is under 18. Oh, really? I think Felix might have just turned 18. Or Lord just turned 18. But either way, yeah, the AM team is under 18. That's like a real AM team. Yeah, I wanted to make an AM team. That's awesome. And like I was just saying, it's like uh, such a diverse spectrum of where people are from. And you have a big mix of girls and guys. You know, power size riders all over the world, but I think you have it pretty nailed down with the diversity of the team and finding the youth. I, was, so, I wanted us to spread out perfectly, and I also wanted us to have like a youth group because you know you have pros and amateurs. And when I was growing up, when I saw skating in the back, in the back, in the back of the old school days, am skaters were young, mm-hmm. and the pros were the guys that were a little bit older, like taking everything going crazy but then like when they were doing like scout stuff and people were putting out like um sponsor me tapes you know the am skaters were like young skaters they're like 15 you know 16 like 13 like they were young skaters so i just wanted to make an actual am team you know the years go by they're gonna get older they're gonna get older 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 and better and better and better and then the pros that are already here, most likely going to figure out something or do something. And hey, we, we shift it. Ha, has anyone sent you a sponsor tape since you started oh, Icon? Yeah. A oh, lot. Yeah. yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of awesome too. And I'm not even mad at it. The only thing is that when I picked the team, the team was set. There can't right. be any more on the team because we're a small brand still. We're still trying to build. We're soon gonna well once once we're selling skates. We're going to hopefully make this ambassador program for everybody to be a part of it, you know? And then that way we don't have to say no to anyone anymore, you know? And be like, right. oh yeah, you can definitely be a part of the brand. Not necessarily right here, but you're still right here, you know? You were saying when you were deciding if you're going to do Icon or not, and if you had to quit your day job, did you have a day job that you quit? Oh yeah. Well, and what was your day job? I was working at Insomnia Cookies right? and just doing general bike messaging, delivery shit, and working in the city, which I love. I mean, it was not like I had a terrible job that I was like, I can't wait to quit this job. When I quit my job, I was like, fuck, I don't even have to quit, but I'd rather put 100% all of my focus into my next project, Icon and my shoe business at the time. And the shoe business, I've seen you doing a lot of work with that. And you're doing custom painted shoes, like for like Vans or any, shoe? Any, any shoe that the client wants or that I just want to paint for whatever reason. But yeah, a lot of people like Air Force Ones. So I, I get a lot of Air Forces. I get to do a lot of Converse, um, high top All-Stars. Everybody wants their All-Stars painted something. And yeah, Vans all day. How did you get into that, and uh, and how did the word get out about your art? Um, I, it's a funny one. I've always been an artist. I've always been drawing and doing everything. When it comes to like anything, I've had pro like signature anything. Most of pretty much all of it, I've drawn it, and I'm like, yeah, I'll make it, and I send it to them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've always been an artist. My roommate Philip and one of his girlfriends at the time. Um, they bought me like a bunch of, uh, shoes. I want to say it's either for my birthday or for Christmas, but they bought me a bunch of blank white shoes and also a bunch of different pins and markers and all these things. And they were like, yeah, we want you to, uh, like color on some shoes and like, we, we think it'll be dope. So they were like, here, do us a pair. And then you can have the rest of the pair to do whatever you want with. So I made Philip a Panthers pair. And from there, like, they were like, yeah, you should go somewhere with this. You should do this. You should do this all the time. That was years ago now. I stopped doing it for a while, like after we moved, but kind of like did it every once in a while. Maybe one, one shoe every six months or something. Then when I moved in here with my... uh recent girlfriend kiki shout out rolling with kiki she's on instagram she be roller skating she's dope um 
She supports me 100% with everything I do. She bought me an airbrush machine. That changed everything. It made it uh, 10 times easier to do everything I was doing by hand. And then I got really good. So she was like, well, didn't do something about it. I'm just fucking not. So of course I did something about it. And yeah, if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't do it. I wouldn't even care. But she Amazing. was like, yeah, make it sick. And I made it sick. Now it's, now it's an actual business. How, how have you promoted it? Like, how have you gotten the word out? Um, my Instagram. Uh, I use TikTok. I use all my Instagram accounts. Um, but for the most part, it's yeah. Just I walk around malls and stuff with my customs that I made for myself, and people are like, "Yo, those shoes are dope. Where'd you get them from?" I say, "I made them." They're like, get "Fuck out of here!" Then I give them my cart. And then, then I got new clients. Paps Blue Ribbon, my uh, favorite beer. Uh, I make a lot of PBR shoes. They uh, repost it. Not just share. They repost it. A, a pair of my shoes. And I was overseas at this time. And I think I got over 500 messages from people all over the place. Like, I want those shoes. I need those shoes. Like, what can I do to get these shoes? I will stab a baby for these shoes. These were literal messages I was getting. And yeah, it just kept blowing up from there and there. And I'm, I just can't stop now. Like, like I can show you. Like, Oh, wow. This is a bunch of boxes of shoes yeah. right, that I have to do. There's my whole kit stuff over there. Shoes I need to do there. Another box on the other side. Um, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'd say the only thing that's that's slightly bad about it is that I get so into the art that I forget to skate. Yeah, so, that's a, I mean, that's a lot of work you're doing with those shoes. Fun, you know? All right. We had a friend who did that in San Diego, and she opened a, a storefront selling those shoes. Did pretty well. Have you thought about doing anything like that? Um, I don't think I want to go that route. I'd rather still keep doing it as a more of a little hobby right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's it's not a hobby anymore, actually. It's full on business now. But I'm still I'm doing it part time. Like I said, it's fun. I don't necessarily care about how much money I'm making because it's dope. Like I've always been an artist and to be able to get my art out there, it's this is fun. What? So you're letting Whatever. it be purely organic, how it yeah. goes. That's cool. Yeah. Let it run. I know bikes were a big part of your life. You know, we were really big into fixed gear bikes in San Diego when you used to come out. And I'm pretty sure, you know, that was the first time you rode fixed gear bikes. The very first time I rode. It was the weirdest thing I ever, I was like, this is, this thing is broken. And it was fixed. <laughs> and you, yeah. and you loved it. Apparently. Yeah. yeah it, it was one of those things, like, I mean, being in a bicycle club, which I'm still in, Rad, Ride and Destroy, if y'all don't know. Um, that's why I'm sponsored by PBR from the Bicycle Club, everyone. There you go. I've said this a million times, but no one, no one says. But uh, yeah, like bikes are a very big part of my life, and I'm still a bike rider, like avid about it, but I don't know. Maybe I should start posting with bikes. When we did that, San Diego had such a good scene, and you know, we had our crews and biggest thing bro and it was a lot of fun and i remember riding fixed gears back then it was it was like the fun when you first started skating to me you know like that learning something new learning tricks like it was it, it was a lot of fun and obviously i live in northern vermont now in the middle of nowhere so it's not really fixed gear friendly like mountains and you can fix gear up a mountain bike i know you can but uh do you know how bad my knees are now <laughs> my knees are i got cortisone shots of both my knees I broke my back two years ago. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm like falling apart. I just saved my body for skiing. That's my goal. <laughs> there you go. Well, I remember, first of all, with, as far as PBR goes, I only came through Charlotte once and you weren't there, but I stayed at your house with my friend Drew and, and, and I remember <laughs> being in your kitchen and 
I still have a photo of it, but like the whole corner, top to bottom, was just PBR boxes <laughs> and cobwebs. There was like cobwebs all the way from the ceiling to the ground, and then PBR boxes. It was like a horror film. Um, <laughs> that was and, the tower, man. And then we went. Phil's band was playing a show, and we went to that at a house party. It was a fun, fun time in Charlotte. That was the best house, too, man. That was the party house. That was the red party house. Like now, had- the house was sick. I mean, Charlotte's changed. I hear Charlotte's got very gentrified, like most places in America right now. Yeah, you should guess guess how much that house is worth right now. Oh, probably a half a million. A little more. A little more. Yeah. I looked it up. I looked it up with uh, John Ortiz when we were out in Spain because we were talking about properties and stuff. Because he's a real estate guy now, um, a realtor. Yeah. Oh, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's uh, got property in Puerto Rico, but um, yeah, it's like it's like six hundred over six hundred thousand dollars. Well, of like a party, a house that we put straight to shit, like we ran that house into the ground, and now it's worth oh yeah, over it was dollars. It's just location, right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Um, you know, you said your girlfriend roller skates, and I know you've been roller skating too, doing like park and street and stuff on quads. What skates are you skating on your quad setup? Uh, ride Chaya's right now. I actually ride for Chaya. And how, uh, how, when did you start doing that? I've actually been on quads a long time. Uh, I don't know if you remember the company Reverse. Yeah, I do. Right. You remember they made the, uh, all the different chassis, right? So mm-hmm. they had, uh, so they sent me all the chassis. And so I had the quad chassis, the 72 millimeter um, street wheel chassis. And I had the, uh, or I still have all of these and the, um, the ice skate, ice skate blades. So um, when they sent me those, the main thing that I could skate was the quad ones a lot, you know, cause I, I like the grind. And I didn't like the fact that with the big wheels, I couldn't do like just front sides, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wore the quads a lot on a setup of uh, sway skates. And that was, I skated quads for a good seven years um, while I've been, while I've been blading. It's just that no one knew because I didn't post stuff. And it wasn't like, it wasn't as much as I started skating then, you know, but um. My girlfriend started skating, but she wanted some skates. And so it made me skate my quads more. And then there was, she got a whole crew of friends. It's called Queen City Quads. Um, I'm in that group too. We the best. <laughs> and um, we started skating more. And I met, I think it's, when I meet Michelle, uh, Estra, I met her at Blade Cup. When I had been, I had started skating a lot more and um, she sent me Moxie's. She sent me the Panthers and it changed my entire outlook on quad skating because I've been skating these bulky, aggressive skates with quad skates attached to them. And there was no fill in there. Everything was weird. It was heavy as shit and stupid. It just, it's clunky. It was dumb. Um, he sent me these Moxies and it was my first time having actual roller skates. And my first thought was like, man, I don't want to, you know, break my ankles like everyone thinks. The Moxie's padding was super thick. They felt like the most incredible liners that I ever put my feet in. And then I tied them all tight. There was no, there was no thought of me hurting my ankles. And then I started skating them and I could skate 10 times better than I could skate in my aggressive setup. A lot better. Like I couldn't actually skate. I was able to actually fluently move. So I learned how to actually roller skate. Because I grew up on rollerblades. I never roller skated. How to skate. Oh, bro, those Moxies changed my whole life, bro. Michelle gave me the best motivation to keep quad skating. And then I skated those skates for a full year and a half. And Chaya just hit me up like, hey, uh, want to try our skates? You know? And I'm pretty sure, like, maybe MK had a little help with that because I was on USD. And Chaya is actually under the power slide umbrella. But either way, Chaya hit me up and was like, hey, yeah, you want to scare a skate? Send me some skates. I'm like, yeah, I'll be on a team. They put me on a team randomly. One day, I just opened up my phone, and it was like, entree on the Chaya team. I was like, whoa. I, okay. I'm happy with it. Huh? I'm here, and the Chayas are fucking comfortable as shit. They're so dope. The team is dope. Like, 
Quad skating sick, man. It's a different realm. Like I could go on and on and on about quad skating. So let's let's change the subject. But no, nah, it's just dope, man. It's fucking amazing. Like I do have a quad sk- one more quad skating question. As far as like grinding on quads versus inline, how does it compare? Are you more limited? Is it more difficult? I will say that you can do all of the same grinds kind of but not none of them are similar to one one another like maybe front sides would be the only thing that's close but that's only that's only in the in the aspect like with uh with my chayas i don't have them in the room right now but the grind block for my chayas are kind of more like rollerblading but most quad skates have a like a wider H block so when you put your foot down it's actually flat with me, with my chayas, I'm actually still like actual frontside UFO style. So it it depends on the the groove for front sides, but everything else, no, completely different. A soul grind, just a normal soul grind, feels like you're doing a negative soul. Yeah, it's just the placement of the trucks having to try to bend your ankle this way to get it over, but it's, it's not the same. Visually, it looks a little bit more unnatural to me. Does it feel more awkward? Absolutely awkward. It's the most weirdest feeling because us being rollerbladers doing soul grinds for so long and knowing exactly how our body placement is supposed to be especially all right take it take from a quarter pipe aspect you know you want to get you want your body to still be leaning in the quarter pipe or you're putting your feet there because you know it's the soul grind same thing with the top sole you're you're putting it on the top so you want to be leaning in the corner not with not with the quads you want to be on top of the deck like doing a 50-50 on a skateboard. Are you uh, quad skating more in Charlotte than inline skating? Uh, I would say after this summer, because I was quad skating a lot at the uh, camps this mm-hmm. year, Blading Camp, shout out Blading Camp, shout out Jack Wiki, Wani, all my family over there. Okay, okay. Um, I've, yeah, I've probably been skating quads a lot more in general, but I don't know. I do more business blading. So that's kind of back to the early 2000s when it was all business blading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. But it's, sometimes it's easier, man. Just go out and do a hard trick and get the clip and get out of there. Yeah. I mean, that's how, you know, my whole time in San Diego was everyone only skated a film. Nobody skated, like, just skate and have fun, you know. It was, back then it was just like, skate, get the trick, or achieve a goal and quit skating, you know. like Sometimes it's easier than trying to go out and film, like, or just session, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. For me, like, if I wake up and I'm like, I already knew about this spot and I already got the trick and that's all I care about doing, then I don't care about skating for the rest of the day unless I'm just too hyped not to skate. Then I'm just going to go to another bank. And then that's basically how my fucking VODs get made. I mean, how <laughs> many spots are left in Charlotte that you haven't killed already? I got, I got, I got a couple. Are you working on a new section right now? I might be working on something. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I want to see it whenever you do that. Um, so I, let's go to Blading Camp real quick. And that's going to be one of my final questions for you. So you've been involved with Blading Camp for several years now. I, can't, I don't even know what year it started. No, no, no. I've been involved with Blading Camp always. Always, since the beginning. So how did Blading Camp begin? When did it, when did it begin? What year? Do you remember? Oh, uh, well, we've been five years now. So I would say... If you want to say when Blading Camp actually began, when we got our license in Spain, mm-hmm. it was just five years ago. Okay. So, and it's you, GlowWiki. Who else is involved with it? Money, Nils, um, Mary Munez. We just picked up um, some quad skaters. Or not just picked up. We had them for, I think, this would be three years now. Um, but we got Bamba, um, Bamba Hachi. Sarah is her actual name, sorry. Sorry, Bamba, I know your name. Uh, we got Ragnarol, Kenneth. Um, it's growing, it's growing, but the, the main heads, the main heads is me, Josh, Wani. Fuck. What is her name? Tell me a little ADM man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Alejandra. There we okay. go. Alejandra. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Me, Josh, Wani, Alejandro, uh, full on Rails, Rails. But it started off with me, Josh, our homie Fred Anderson from Sweden, um, <sighs> Richie Eisler. Like, it was Gypsy Camps before it was anything. And it was a way for us as skaters that weren't really getting paid that much. We wanted to be able to meet up as a group and then go to all these contests that we would go to every summer, you know, because the summertime back in, not back in the day, but a little bit ago was contest, 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 and different country, different country, different country, different country, especially in Europe. So we would all end up flying out to Europe, be in a group. And our main thing was that, all right, we're in this nice group. Let's try to not pay for sleeping anywhere. On top of that, let's find the dopest skate parks we can find and just say if, see if we can sleep there. Started off in Sweden. Our homeboy, Fred, owns a skate park in Sweden. So we go there. We're like, yeah, can we sleep at this park? And he's like, of course we can sleep at the park. Well, then let's have like the kids also camp out at the park with us because they didn't want to go home. They found out we we're going to sleep there. That started it. That started right there. They the kids hit us up. The parents hit us up. Like, hey, when are y'all gonna do this again? And we're like, well, we just kind of did that, just to do it. So we did it again, and then it started happening. Like, we made edits from it, and then other random skate parks around Europe would hit us up. Like, hey, can you guys come do that at our skate park? And we're like, well, we're not traveling into that area this time, but maybe if you want to help us out with something you know and it became these things where we got to go to all these cool different skate parks help teach and we weren't even teaching at this point we were just skating with the kids and you know if someone needed help we'd help them then we'd all just chill at the park afterwards and then just went from there and the years went by and more people asked and more people asked and then we just had to figure out like this is going to happen every summer bro what are we going to do well i guess let's ask for money now then people were start paying us and we we're like well shit like now let's really see how far this goes and that's when it became like josh was like i want to i want to do something with this. we shouldn't just be taking this for granted just to keep doing this because yeah we're only getting older josh was smart you know and so he was like i we need to do something with this let's do it and we're all like fuck yeah let's do it found the location malaga spain most beautiful fucking place in the world always every summer it's summer. Always every winter, it's summer. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. He found that place. He fell in love with that place. He found his actual love at that place. Now he couldn't leave that place. We don't want him to leave that place. That's our home for Blading Camp, and it became that because we fell in love with that place. This has just been a thing that just happened because we wanted to be able to travel to these contests, but on our own and not with our sponsors saying, you gotta get on this and do this. We were literally touring around Europe in the dopest way possible, meeting all the dopest people possible, making connections with all these people. And then boom, once we did Blading Camp, all the people that we have been teaching, guess where they're going? Spain, they wanna come to skate with us again, everything, like some of them are pros now. Bro, leap, huh? It's but all these kids like Felix, Levi. I'm sure. I'm sure Don was at one of our our camps back in the day. I remember meeting Don when he was super little. But it's crazy, you know. Like people that were at our skate camps are sponsored skaters now. That's great. That's all, so cool. How often does Blading Camp happen? Is it once a year every, or? Every summer for five weeks straight, not five weeks straight, but pretty much five weeks, six weeks, maybe six. Uh, we have the fall fling, so I think that's the sixth week. Fall fling is for 18 and up. So sorry, kiddos, you're not allowed at fall fling. <laughs> um, but we are trying to expand. And by expand, I mean, we, we want to do this like in springtime. We want to do this in summer. We want to do this in winter. We want to do this on all the times that we can because 
Why not? It's the place where you can do it all year long. Summer is the hottest. Fall fling is probably, because fall fling is like after August, you know, it's probably the absolute best when it comes to the heat, you know, like, because it's, you know, it's still Spain. It's get, it gets hot. Summer is amazing. Not all, not every week is hot as shit, but some weeks are hotter than others. You could pass out at the skate park, but we have tons of water, snacks, and and medical assist, assistance, whatever you need. We got that. It's a real, it's a real legit thing at this point. I definitely need to come out sometime, check it out. I haven't been there in Spain, so I've only been to Barcelona. Oh, uh, if you come out and then you're not just there for the uh, the camp, and you got some extra days, oh, uh, then we can go big wheeling. Oh yeah, well that's the plan. I got plenty of extra days. <laughs> you would love Big Will and and uh, Mali the Brown. Like that's my favorite place, Big Will actually. Besides besides Barca, Barca is they just got ramps just randomly that are a sidewalk. You know, you just can flip over a car randomly just going on down the street. It's so crazy, but it's like a skate park. I think that's pretty good interview so far. Um, over the past couple of years with COVID, the sports changed quite a bit. Um, not necessarily because of COVID, but it's helped with the fact a lot more people back on skates and yeah. you have a lot more people buying skates and a lot of brands are making a lot more money than they have in years um, mm-hmm. and able to make more. And which means that companies like them start paying riders more royalties and then other brands like God's follow suit with that, which has also made skates more expensive. But if you look at the history of skate prices, they haven't really increased that much since the nineties really. Right. So at least people are getting paid more, uh, which is rad. And I think that's a really exciting change. I think Dem's really pushing a lot of it with the crossing over with the streetwear and, you know, different companies, collaborations, and, you know, they're doing a retail store. And what have you seen happen that you're the most excited about in the past couple of years within the sport? And what are some things you'd like to see change, if anything, in the future that you think would benefit skaters and pros and this industry as a whole? Well, first, John's fucking killing it. John, you keep doing what you're doing, bro. I support you and everything you're doing. 110 to 20 to 30%. Okay. But um, a lot of changes that I've seen have always have all been good. And one of the main changes that I've seen, we've actually talked about earlier, is just the fact that people are just out skating for fun more. That's dope. Because that's what skating needed in general, because that's going to help the industry to keep producing more shit because people are actually doing it now as opposed to what they were doing before. Um, the way that it's all changing with the market and everything, stuff slightly being more expensive, but not really like, that's just, just the way shit goes. I remember when I used to get my favorite candy bar for 25 cents. Now that shit is a dollar. Or dollar fifty, some places. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's way more of them now all over the place and before i could only get them at one little store so yeah you know you weigh options and i also don't i'm not a kid anymore so i'm not making quarters or five dollars here and there i'm still basically spending a quarter when it comes down to it you know that's kind of how the blading works you know like you're not necessarily paying too much more and quality on top of that psh, come on come on like we're doing good but Everything that's gone on with the pandemic and everyone actually striving for the better is fire. I think I think the industry right now is doing doing it right. Everyone's or at least trying to do it right. Most most of them they're all doing what they should be doing and trying to do what they should be doing. But I don't know. I don't know. I this shit's fucking fire. Real being sick. However, we're doing it throughout the pandemic. We're on the news. They're talking about us rollerblading. We're, we are what we are, and we're going to do that shit. We the best. DJ Cali, insert. We the best. <laughs> Another one. Wise words from a wise man, Matre Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matre, <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on this podcast and show. Um, it's both a YouTube show and a podcast. So the YouTube version has kind of overlaying graphics 
which I'll have some videos and stuff, the things we talked about, like that. Yeah, some we'll have some psychedelic bubbles going around you. Um, so yeah, I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank everybody for watching it. Make sure you like this video. Thank y'all. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and don't forget to ring that bell. Yeah, that little bell that icon, you know, tap it, or you can elbow it, you can elbow drop it. It's going to say ding, ding. Ring that bell, ding, ding. Everybody. Perfect. That was better than me. <laughs> and I'll have links to all the icon, Instagram, social media, website, Disroyal below, Montre's Instagram, social media below as well. We'll have links to your shoe page, any roller yeah. skating stuff. Everybody yeah. can see the different things you do. And I have links to all my social media below as well and the Patreon page. So feel free to support this channel if you want. Thanks a lot, everybody watching it. Thanks, Montre, for being on. Take do care. My do your shout outs. Shout out, all right? Check this out, everybody. This is this is real. Shout out. Run Skate Team. If you ain't following Run Skate Team on all platforms that we are doing, fall down some stairs. I'm joking. Please don't. I love y'all. But Run Skate Team. Follow Run Skate Team. Blader Gang. Follow Blader Gang. Icon Skate Brand or just Icon Brand. Follow follow that. Follow This Royal. Follow The Win Brand. Follow Create Originals. Follow Oak City Inline Skate Shop. Follow Vibrolux Skate Media. Wait, Vibrolux Skate. It's something. It's Vibrolux Skate Goods. There we go. Follow. Damn, I think that's all my sponsors. Well, I will link all those for you at the <laughs> bottom below this video. So everyone can see that list. Click on them, follow them, check them out. If I miss any of my sponsors, I'm super sorry because I, I feel like I got at least five or six and I'll be forgetting. Um, but I love all y'all. Thank y'all for supporting me. And thank you, Jan. It's been a long time. I hope to get to see you very soon in actual person instead of just this little weird box. Likewise. Funny dude, and I really like hanging out with you. So well, let's hang I miss you for sure. It's been a long time. Yeah, man. We and, need to be. You know, like I said, last time was Winter Clash, and that's not really a good time to hang out with anybody. No, <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> no. no, it's not. Yeah. So anyway, thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Then and Now Blading Podcast with Montre Livingston. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting. Make sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. And visit thenandnowblading.com for links to social media, my Patreon page, which you can go to to support this channel if you enjoy it and you want to see and hear more episodes of the podcast and YouTube show. And make sure to visit the YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash Welch. Thanks for listening. Take care, and we'll see you next time at the Then and Now Blading podcast.